0: Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Causey Consulting Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Causey. I'm also the owner of Causey Consulting, and you can find us online anytime at causeyconsultingllc.com. I am super pumped about today's episode. My guest is Daisy McCarty. Daisy is a brand message expert who works with B2B companies to nail down exactly how to engage and persuade customers. She has been crafting B2B content for over a decade, including thought leadership and marketing copy that's helped her clients make millions. She loves seeing business founders gain clarity on their branding and accelerate revenue growth. Now, when she isn't writing, she plays the banjo to relax and recharge her creative batteries. And I can tell you there is a 100% chance that I'm going to be probing on that banjo question uh, before we wrap this up. But first things first, Daisy, welcome, welcome. I am so glad you're on today.
1: Thank you very much, Sarah. I've really enjoyed watching you on LinkedIn and reading your content. So this was a, a conversation I was definitely looking forward
0: to. Awesome. Well, I want to ask first and foremost, how did you get interested in becoming a brand message expert?
1: Sure. So about 12 years ago, I started my company and I focused on content and copywriting. So I was the hired pen that businesses and marketing agencies would bring in to write their content. So I got to work with a ton of different business owners directly and as a subcontractor with many, many different marketing and web agencies and I came to realize that there was a very big difference in outcomes hmm. between those companies that just said, hey, we want to write some stuff. Um, here's who we want to target. Go for it. And the ones that really went through an in-depth brand message development process. So we dug deep into who they were as a company and the value that they were bringing to the table, what made them different, and really focused in on their buyer personas in a lot of detail. digging into what makes their customers tick. And it was just a night and day difference between the projects that fizzled out or they never got any traction or they were met with apathy or confusion in the marketplace Mm -hmm. versus the ones that really were able to gain traction and develop the brand awareness and the the revenue results that they wanted. And so – Over the years, I started requiring my clients to go through more and more of that brand message development process until, you know, these days, if a client says, oh, we don't really just want to go through a brand message development process. Mm -hmm. We just want you to write some copy for us. I I send them to someone else that I say, "Okay, if you just want a copywriter, you could I could recommend somebody for you. But if you want to fix your marketing messaging first and your sales messaging, let's go through this process. so You can actually get the results that you want once you start. Once you open the floodgates on your marketing budget, <laughs> let's make sure that's it's all in place first.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's, that's kind of, it was a transformation that happened over the years. And I would say the past four or five years, I've just been doing the brand message development. Um, I'll do follow-on work for my clients. I'll do their thought leadership content. I'll do their marketing and sales copy, but we have to get the foundation in place first.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great point. If someone needs a do-over, let's say. Maybe they thought that they had the foundational pieces correct, but then they're discovering the clients that they're bringing in or the prospects that they're attracting are just not quite right. And I'll offer myself up as an example here. I'm always more than willing to tattle on myself. You know, I found that happening in the early days of my coaching and consulting business. I was attracting people who were burned out, people who were pre-revenue, people who really didn't have money to spend. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm looking for people who have $20,000, not people who have 20 bucks. And I realized that the the ship had definitely gone off course in a big way. So in those situations where someone thought that they had the foundations right, but now they know that they need a do-over, what do you as a brand message expert recommend that they do? Sure. So marketing will always
1: be an iterative process and there is always going to be trial and error involved. But one of the things that I recommend when people are being met with that uh, either push back on price or they're having an issue with they're attracting all the kinds of customers they don't want to do business with it's time to take a a closer look at your buyer personas especially who would be the early adopters or the ideal adopters of the solution that you're bringing to market so these are people that need have a problem that's painful enough and urgent enough that it needs to be fixed now they have obviously the budget mm-hmm. <laughs> in order to afford what you're selling so it's not somebody who's in a complete mode of desperation where you're the very last ditch effort that they're they're making but somebody who has enough maturity along their their business or along their career to be able to have a little runway to make change and they need to be willing to try something new so, most of the business owners I talk to who are running into this kind of problem. They've had some of their ideal clients over the years. they've so they've had enough experience or they had enough conversations with enough of their prospects that we can start pulling out some of those commonalities and making sure that there's real alignment between the greatest value that they offer in their solution and the the greatest and most urgent pains that their ideal customers are experiencing. So they, you can have those conversations. Um, Informally with your your target market, just by having co- conversations and networking, you can have more um, structured prospect interviews. You can reach out in ways that are not sales related. You can reach out in ways that are very much more marketing related. There are all types of different research that you can do. But for, what it really comes down to is looking at um, the customers that you've been able to help the most, who've been the easiest to work with, um, who've you know been very well satisfied with the value they've received in return for the price that they've paid and really teasing out what makes them the same. And it's not necessarily what you might think. They might be demographically quite varied. They might be uh, across a pretty wide age range. They might be in different industries. They might be in different roles. But what you'll find is there may be other factors um, from their values or their personality to, um, the specific way that they see their problem that makes them different from the customers that just are not a good fit for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent advice. If someone is listening to this episode and they're hearing you use the term buyer persona and they're not quite sure what that means, how would you define it?
1: Sure. So this is a useful little piece of marketing jargon to know, and there are a lot of different ways to actually describe it. Some people might be more familiar with the term avatar, and some people might know it as a customer profile. Uh, A buyer persona is really just a composite of the common characteristics of your ideal prospects or customers. So it's not one real-life example But it's an amalgamation of a bunch of real life examples where you can say, yeah, 80 percent of the time, my ideal customers are kind of like this or they think like this or they're influenced by this group of people. So you're building out a, a pattern or a template where you can say most of my customers match up with this type of person so that when you're creating marketing copy or content you can kind of put them yourself in that person in that persona's shoes and imagine that they're a real person so that when you're writing marketing or sales content for them it's as if you're speaking directly to that person and that really resonates on the other end when someone who is your ideal persona reads it they go oh they could be writing about me. How did they get inside my head? How do they know so much about me? And it's mm-hmm. because you're making those educated presumptions based on the commonalities that you've noticed and the patterns you've noticed and how your customers tend to think, feel, and act.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. 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 What are some of the most common mistakes? that you see? I know there's seven deadly sins, but if you had to think of maybe the top two or three deadly sins that you see from a brand messaging or buyer persona perspective, what are they? Sure. So the biggest challenge that I see
1: business owners facing is that they have correctly identified a problem that their customers are facing and they've created a fantastic solution for that problem. So they've got a solution their customers need, but they haven't nailed down what will make their customers want it. Because if there's a gap between what people need and what they want, that's where you have people falling out of your sales pipeline. That's where you have people saying, oh, that's fantastic. I love it. But they're not shelling out money for it. There's something that's, you know, it's just not enough of what they want. So making sure that your solution fits their problem is absolutely essential. And making sure that when you're talking about your solution, you're framing it. In the same way that your personas frame their problem, because if you're talking about a solution and they haven't correctly identified what their problem is or they think it's caused by something else, they can't connect that to the solution that you're providing. You have to be speaking their language or you have to be willing to take those extra steps to educate them about what their problem is so they can then see, "Uh aha, so this is why what you do solves the problem that I have and gives me what I want. So I would say that's the number one challenge that I see, especially with people who have technical or more complex solutions. Um, It's easy to fall in love with what you're doing and the way you do it and what makes it so cool. But if you are not tapping into on an emotional level, what your customers want and the job to be done from their perspective, um, your marketing is going to fall on deaf ears.
0: Wow, that's I think that's a wonderful summary, Daisy. And I see it a lot like in the coaching space, for example, I will see coaches using their social media, their marketing platforms to push out content that they like or things to talk about problems that they're having in their own business. But it's not necessarily uh, speaking to the actual client. It's not necessarily speaking to the people that they actually want to do business with. It's almost like them taking the time to have a whine and a moan online. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. And that's where it's important to remember that your brand is never about you. And this is especially a challenge for people in the coaching consulting space who are solopreneurs where there's a blurring of the line between the personal brand and the professional brand or the the personal brand and the business brand. Your personal brand is all about you. It should be. That's what it's for. It's about how great you are, what makes you different and unique. Your business brand has to be about your customer. Mm -hmm. And if you confuse the two, then you're going to end up doing exactly what you just mentioned where you're... You know, you may be an Instagram influencer, but you're not actually serving your customers and putting them first.
0: Oh, Love it, love it. I'm just I'm sitting here giving you a round of applause uh, virtually. Ah, Love it, love it. Now, as promised at the beginning, I cannot leave you without asking about the banjo, and and I don't know if there's a term for it. Like you know, there's the term pianist or flautist. Is is it ban ban banjoist? (laughs) I think we just call it being a picker and a grinner. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) So why why the banjo? How did you get started?
1: Yeah, my parents bought us some bluegrass instruments one year for Christmas. I was about 15, and I'm the one who happened to pick up the banjo and start playing around with it, and I've been doing that ever since. I think uh, it's impossible to be unhappy when you're playing a banjo, so it's a great uh, pick-me-up, a great boost.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I I love knitting for the same reason because I can just, you know, I can let my fingers do the work and my mind sort of turns off and it 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 turns into this very beautiful cathartic space of peace, you know?
1: Mhm.
0: Absolutely. So are you going to put like foggy mountain breakdown as the
1: the backup track on this <laughs> podcast? <laughs>
0: You know yeah, you want to. <laughs> I know. Now the the wheels are turning in my mind. Like, w- would that be copyright infringement? I don't know. If I could get away with it, it'll probably show up.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, that was an old, old one. I can send you a clip I've got uh, of me actually playing that. So you can,
0: you can use it without fear. Oh gosh, that's awesome. Well, Daisy, we have had um, 12 and a half minutes of, sheer value. I mean, this has been, I've learned a lot from this conversation. I know other people listening to this podcast are going to feel the same way. So I really want to thank you. I know that you're busy and you have a lot going on. So I want to thank you for taking the time to appear on this episode with me. Absolutely. And if anyone listening would like a copy of my buyer persona worksheet, completely free, just check me out on LinkedIn, send me a message and I'll send it over. Awesome. And you also have a website to brandmessageclarity.com. That's correct. There's a free training on there where we
1: talk about creating buyer personas, developing your marketplace differentiators and cultivating brand champions. Uh, About 45 minutes. And there's a a workbook that I'm happy to give to anybody who'd like that as well. So it kind of gives you the those first three things that tend to be most important for early stage business owners to nail down.
0: Awesome. Connect with Daisy on LinkedIn. She always has great content. Um, As as, as we were saying, as far as we know, she's the only Daisy McCarty with a completed profile. You can find her on LinkedIn and connect with her there. Please visit the website, brandmessageclarity.com as well. And Daisy, I thank you again for taking the time to be with me today. Thank you very much. Great conversation. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode Again, our guest was Daisy McCarty, a brand message expert. You can connect with her on LinkedIn, or you can visit her website at brandmessageclarity.com. If you enjoyed this episode, you know somebody who could benefit from the content, please share it. Please also, if you haven't already, subscribe and leave a review for us on iTunes. Bye for now.